welcome to the Thankful Homemaker Podcast, a podcast to be an encouragement and blessing to each other in the role God has called us to as women. I'm so thankful you stopped by, so grab yourself a coffee or tea and sit with me a bit as we talk about how God's Word impacts every area of our lives as Christian women. Hello, friends. I'm Marcy Farrell from ThankfulHomemaker.com, and I am so glad to get to be with you for a few moments of your day again. Thank you for taking the time to listen in. So we're on episode 46 today, and I'm hoping to remind us how rich we are in Christ and that we're going to find our satisfaction in Him and Him alone. So our topic today is obviously going to be on contentment. And I want to open these Um, this podcast today with the words of the Apostle Paul from Philippians, verses we are all familiar with. Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 12. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. As I've been meditating on Philippians 4, 11 through 12 on contentment, I'm reminded that there isn't a program where we can automatically be contented people. There's no five steps to contentment or learn to be content retreat weekend, right? Contentment in our walk as believers is learned just as Paul learned it. So do we as we walk this walk with the Lord. It does not come naturally to us in our flesh. We know deep down the secret to contentment is to keep our eyes on the Lord in every situation. It's when we take our eyes off of him that we fall into this sin. Stephen Cole says, so what does contentment mean? It is an inner sense of rest or peace that comes from being right with God and knowing that he is in control of all that happens to us. I've noticed that there aren't many books out there on Christian contentment, and a classic one is by Jeremiah Jeremiah Burroughs called The Rare Jewel of Christian Contentment. Great one to pick up if you haven't. The title made me pause and think how well he defined contentment as a rarity, even in our life as believers. It is a rarity, and usually we find ourselves walking in a spirit of being discontent, of discontentedness. Jeremiah Burroughs says, um, Christian contentment is that sweet, inward, quiet, gracious frame of spirit, which freely submits to and delights in God's wise and fatherly disposal in every condition. It's a beautiful definition. So being in need, we all know what it is to be in need, right? The Apostle Paul is writing the letter of Philippians from prison, and every time I read his letters, that thought alone convicts me. But he's encouraging the Philippians that it's a blessing to give, and Paul's thankfulness to them was in their giving, and it was good for them to be givers. It's good for us to be givers and generous in what the Lord has given us. Paul was genuinely needy in this particular instance, and their help to him was good, but he didn't depend upon it. And it should be the same with us. It's a blessing if we receive something, but it's okay if we don't. It shouldn't be expected. Many times we deal with discontentment because of unmet expectations, whether tangible goods or even just expectations we put on others that we think they should meet. Paul's contentment, even in a hard situation, was because of the freedom and fulfillment he found in Christ alone. 
So how do we learn contentment? The use of the word, quote, learned here in Philippians 4.11 means to learn by experience, to discover, and so to genuinely understand and accept a teaching as true and to apply it in one's life. So just like the Apostle Paul, we may need to go through many difficulties and trials in our lives to learn in whom, capital H there, our true contentment is found. The more eternity captures our hearts, the more content we will find ourselves. The temporal circumstances that can cause us to be discontent will have less of a hold on us as we continue to mature spiritually. Matthew Henry says, we have here an account of Paul's learning, not that which he got at the feet of Gamaliel, but totally botched that, but that which he got at the feet of Christ. That's where we want our learning to be, ladies, at the feet of Christ. Our prayer should always be for the Lord to wean us from the dependence on the things of this earth. Our circumstances on this earth will be less than perfect, and they are always changing. There's a tremendous comfort and the reminder that God doesn't change. We will never, never find contentment in the external, but in the eternal relationship with the living God who does not change. It's one thing to know this, but it's another thing to live it out because it has been learned. We're forgetful people and need to be reminded that Christ is sufficient and it is Christ who is living and working in me. And because of that supernatural work within me, he enables me to be content in and through any situation. One of the definitions of the Greek use of the word content here, it is totally independent of external circumstances. We can live independent of circumstances when we are living dependent on Christ. So Paul also talked about being brought low in those Philippians verses. And in some translations, the word used for brought low is abased. And it's defined as belittle or humiliated. And I don't know about you, but I would not be quick to be content if I had just been humiliated. It can also mean to be in want or need or a very humble, lowly estate. So during times of being brought low is when we need to be reminded of the Lord's sovereignty in our lives and causing all circumstances to work for our good and his glory. We cannot lose hope in him during these difficult times, but those are the times that we need to turn to him, knowing that his purposes can be fully trusted. And then Paul talks about how to abound. So to live in prosperity is the Greek word parisio, and it means to overflow, to be in affluence, to excel, or to be in abundance with the implication of being considerably more than what, um, having being considerably more than what would be expected. Okay, this can be a hard lesson because in these times we can grow when things are going well. Um, we can become dependent upon ourselves and begin to think of ourselves as higher than we ought and become prideful. The temptations may be greater than when we're actually in want. So Charles Spurgeon had a great quote about this. He says, these are both hard lessons to learn. I don't know which is the more difficult of the two. Probably it's easier to know how to go down than to know how to go up. How many Christians have I seen grandly glorifying God in sickness and poverty when they have come down in the world? And ah, how often I have seen other Christians dishonoring God 
when they have grown rich or when they have risen to a position of influence among their fellow men. These two lessons, grace alone, can fully teach us. So what about contentment in every circumstance? So how did Paul learn the secret to contentment that he refers to in Philippians 4.12 through faith in, he learned it through faith in Jesus. This wasn't automatic, but it came in time as he did and as we walk with the Lord through all various circumstances of our lives, the good and the bad. If we continue in the Philippians passage in chapter 4 to verse 13, it's the all familiar, I can do all things through him, through Christ who strengthens me. We hear that everywhere, right? We see it everywhere. This is true if we're in Christ. We need his strength to teach us contentment in every situation. This should be our goal as believers, that we would allow Christ to satisfy us independent of our circumstances. We need a correct biblical balance here as we think this through. We can do all things, but by the constant dependence on Christ who dwells in us. And a favorite passage of mine I'm going to share is 1 Corinthians 15.10. Paul says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. I want to share, it's a little bit lengthy here, but an excerpt from, it's a book called Contentment, A Godly Woman's Adornment by Lydia Brownback. And before I do that, I'm going to start this, the verse that she started off the passage was Hebrews 13.5. And Um, Hebrews 13, 5 says, keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I love those words. So Lydia Brownback says, she says, contentment won't be found in changing the things we don't like about our lives, which is what the author of Hebrews is telling us. In his words, we find why contentment is possible, even when we lack our heart's desires. We can be content with our lives exactly as they are today because God has promised he is always with us. Our problem really isn't that we need something we don't have. Our problem is that we don't find God to be enough for us. Many of us can't even comprehend how God can meet us in our empty places and satisfy us fully. We're open to the idea, but we just don't see how it's possible. Sometimes we get a wrong idea about how God satisfies us. He doesn't come to us on our terms, taking the role of a surrogate for the things or relationships we lack. He comes in place of those things, giving us something even better. The whole reason that we cannot resonate with the words of Hebrews 13.5 is that we are bound up in the things of this life and our desires for them. If we would just look away from those we would find that God delights to fill up our empty places with joy, peace, guidance, love, security, and communion with Him through His Spirit. Once we get a taste of that, we find that is no second. Once we get a taste of that, we find that it is no second best consolation prize. We will find it better, richer, fuller than any earthly relationship or material blessing. We can find our, find this for ourselves by guarding against focusing overly much on what this world offers. We can and should certainly enjoy the material things God gives us. 
but only if we hold them loosely. It's the love of this world's blessings, the focus on getting them, that is the problem. It's not the blessings themselves. We don't need anything more than we have right now, today, in order to be content. The Bible says so, therefore it must be true. The choice is ours, end quote. So the secret, I must come back to this verse as a good reminder to me. Matthew 6.33 tells us, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And I want to end with this short story here. And it's adapted from, um, and I really feel bad. I don't really know if this is a book or it was a message, but it's a man named Leonard Griffith. And I found this at a great site I love called Precepts Austin that I love to use for Bible study. And it was titled um, or taken from whether it was his sermon or his book. I couldn't find the book, so I'm thinking it was a sermon. It's called This is Living. This was taken from. So it says, Legend has it that a wealthy merchant during Paul's day had heard about the apostle and had become so fascinated that he determined to visit him. So when passing through Rome, he got in touch with Timothy and arranged an interview with Paul, the prisoner. Stepping inside his cell, the merchant was surprised to find the apostle looking rather old and physically frail, but he felt at once the strength, the serenity, and the magnetism of this man who relied on Christ as his all in all. They talked for some time, and finally the merchant left. Outside the cell, he asked Timothy, "'What's the secret of this man's power? I've never seen anything like it before.' "'Did you not guess?' replied Timothy." Paul is in love. The merchant looked puzzled. In love, he asked. Yes, said Timothy. Paul is in love with Jesus Christ. The merchant looked even more bewildered. Is that all, he asked. Timothy smiled and replied, that is everything. So what's the secret, my friends? To be captivated and in love with Jesus more than anything or anyone, whatever our needs May we trust fully in the sufficiency of Christ, and there is where we will find contentment for our souls. So my friends, Jesus is enough always. And again, thank you for your time today. And you know you can find the show notes and resources uh, mentioned at the blog at thankfulhomemaker.com. And I have a little announcement here. I'm going to be away with my husband and um, actually even my daughter and my son-in-law and their babies. We're going to have a little fun time of play. And my husband are going to be on the road for a few weeks, a little bit of work and a little bit of play in there. So I'm going to be putting up some of the most listened to podcasts over the next four weeks. But there's going to be one in the middle there that's not an encore. And I'm going to call them my encore episodes. So it'll give you some time to catch up maybe on some past episodes that you haven't got to listen in on yet. And if you don't subscribe to the podcast anywhere yet, I'd love you to do that. And I'll make sure I put a link in these show notes to do that. But I will, in the midst of these Encore episodes, I'm going to have um, an episode going up on November 7th, and it's going to be titled Simple Ideas for a Christ-Focused Thanksgiving. So I'm hoping to give us a little jump a couple weeks there before Thanksgiving and get us inspired with um, getting our families ready to celebrate Thanksgiving together. So I'll continue to have a post up occasionally at the blog. Um, I'm not sure what that looks like yet. <laughs> so subscribers uh, to the blog, you'll see that in your email. And guys, I cheat and I schedule my posts on social media with a post scheduler. So I'll continue to have a presence there, but I may not be live. You may not see me online. So if I'm missing an action, that's why I'll get there eventually. But be patient with me if you've messaged me or sent me an email or something. I probably won't be checking it very often during these weeks. 
Um, but if you're on Instagram, and I'd love you to follow me there, I'm going to try to shoot up some photos of our time away together because we're going to um, get Disney time in with my daughter and her family and my adorable darling grandbabies. So I'd love you all to check that out. So I'll put the link to my Instagram in the show notes too. So my friends, have a very blessed week, and I will see you back here soon. Mm-hmm.